0: You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. And we're live. Hey, people, how are you doing? Welcome to episode 145 of the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Uh, my name is Matt Phillips on creativeonechatlive.com. As always, this episode is being re- being recorded live on a Tuesday at eight o'clock on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. And um, because it is recorded live, then people can join us obviously in the live lounge. And when people do join us, they can say stuff, and I can bring it up on the screen. So it's a lovely way of networking and showing off your photo or your or your maybe your therapist logo or something. So Glenn Murphy's in the house. Hey, Glenn, first to the door. Nice to see you. Nikki Mansfield is here. Evening, Groovers, says Nikki. Um, Again, has come back with, hey, have you got your dancing shoes on? I presume he's talking to uh, Nikki, uh, famous for her dancing shoes. Deborah is here. Hey, Deborah Jimmers, sorry about the pronunciation. We'll go for Slujimis. Um Thanks for joining us, good to see you. So yeah, if you are listening to the podcast and you um, do like the idea of coming and joining us live and asking the guests questions directly and hanging out with other soft tissue therapists, then all you gotta do, like I say, is um, go along to the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel at eight o'clock on a tuesday we've done it for the last 145 weeks without fail and yeah you can join us live okay um right so what are we doing this month our focus is on cpd happening either online um or face to face um in the uk so last week um fantastic i mean I- i'm biased again as always but last week we had dr gary mendoza on the show um founder of stages of change Whose online motivational interviewing behavior change course. I actually did a couple of months ago, along with two other um, attendees who also joined us um, in the live lounge, Stephanie Hibbard and Tracy Taylor. And we chatted about the course. I mean, we all enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I always try and get a balanced argument, but we all kind of thought it was fantastic. Um, And it's all about, in a nutshell, you can give fantastic advice to the person in front of you your client or your patient but if they're not in the right stage of their life or mind to actually adhere to that advice and make that behavior change then you're wasting your breath and you can't blame them because it was up to you to identify what stage in terms of behavior change they're in and then modify the kind of advice you give them so it's it's such an important part of being um, in healthcare, whether you're a therapist massage therapist whether you're giving nutrition advice or anything if you're looking for changing the Client in front of you, then you need to understand and ask them the right questions and listen correctly to understand where they are in terms of making that behaviour change. So, obviously, it's available on all podcast apps, including Spotify. If you want to watch the video, then you can go to the YouTube channel, Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel, and also everything gets uploaded to thesta.co.uk. This episode, um, we're going to be joined by Ben Cormack, founder of Core Kinetic and one half of the Better Clinician project together with Adam Meekins. Um, Ben's gonna be joined this week by three people. I've really loaded them onto him tonight. Three people who attended his therapeutic movement and exercise CPD course. Um, I said, oh, there might be someone along who might have done your course just to add. In fact, now there's three who have put their hand up saying, yeah, I've got something to say. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, we're all gonna be chatting about um, this particular course uh, by Ben Cormack. And um, I'm going to be joined by um, Imi Tester, who's been on the show before, Sarah Jones of Affinity Body Works, and also Theo Kithero is going to join us. As always, uh, people in the live lounge, thanks for joining us live. Still, people coming through. You are more than welcome. I mean, I do this live. I always say I do it live because I couldn't do it if it wasn't live. I like that live interaction. There's no editing for this, I'm far too lazy for that. What gets said, gets put out unless there's something really expletive and i know tonight's guest doesn't swear so that's gonna be fine um so yeah oh tracy's here from last week hey tracy thanks for joining us. good to see you so yeah if you've got questions just fire them away and um we will definitely answer them so i think that's everything done um at the end of the show i'll say what's happening next week uh but for now let's bring up ben cormack Imi tester sarah jones and theo (laughs) kitharo You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy.
1: Hey Ben, how you doing? I'm all right, my friend. How are you?
0: I'm okay. I'm sorry that you're going to get a bit squashed tonight on the screen with three other people, but um, I'm confident that they all enjoyed it. I haven't asked them yet, but you've got big shoulders. You know, not worried, are I?
1: Well, I thought this was all going to be about me, Matt. And then suddenly, you know, oh. like you've diluted it. It's going to be about you, boy. Don't you worry. <laughs>
0: it's going to be all about Ben. Yeah, it's just it's going to be three other people talking about you instead of Ben, ben Cormick. I can so tell you. It'll be fine. All right. So we've also got in the room in no particular order. Theo Clifford is joining us as well. Hey, Theo, how are you doing?
2: Hey, good. Thanks. Yeah. How are you guys?
0: Um, thanks very much for joining us. Um, and let's bring up the, rest of the gang. Imy Tester is going to come up now. Hey, Emmy, how are you doing?
3: Hi, yeah,
0: just finished work, so it's I off uh,
3: early to being
0: here. <laughs> this is um, um the Back on Track Soft Tissue Therapy, isn't it? I love the name of that, it's very nice, very nice. A bit long for a Twitter handle, Back on Track Soft Tissue Therapy, but...
3: I'm too old for that Twitter, that. I can't be, t- the- <laughs> can't be
0: <too> so <laughs> If you were young and spoocy like, like Ben, you would have just chosen Core Kinetic because that can fit some. Any social media handle, but yeah. Ben's done with us Sarah Jones, as well, is here. Hey, Sarah, how are you doing? Coming up now. How are you doing, Sarah? Hi, good
4: evening. Thanks okay? so much
0: for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, Happy to be here. It really wasn't difficult for me to find people who have done Ben's course. Now, what does that say? I mean, straight away, it means a lot of people have done Ben's course. Um, so we're going to talk about that shortly. I'm going to give you guys a chance to basically give a little bit about your history and why you chose it um, and, um, and how it's affected your, your, your profession. OK, we'll give you a chance. But first, over to Ben. Ben, obviously, I've known you for a long time. Um, I think I went to your course. I think I looked online somewhere, looked at our emails at Twitter exchange. It's about 2013. So it was like, wow. yeah, it was like 11 years ago.
1: Wow, I think, it was, I, think, I think I was running it at a health club in Mill Hill in was, North London at the time, North if London. I remember, because it was my mate who managed the place and he used to give me the room for cheap. <laughs> it was, it was a little room upstairs <laughs> yes. in this,
0: and, and you had to come out and find me because it was impossible to find otherwise and you were there waving and I went, oh, go. first time I met you and then, yeah, it was great and then we did something else a couple of years later. So, yeah, a lot of water has passed under the bridge and, yeah, now you... Um, Now you jet set around the world, isn't it? Rather than just from different parts of North London.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't just do North London anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it used to just be the tube stops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 I went from Hendon down to like Mill Hill, and yeah, no, so yeah, no, I'm very fortunate. Over the last ten years, I, I think the last count was I've taught it in thirty three countries. Um, And I've managed to do all of the continents, I think, apart from, and that's the continents, not the continents, Um, apart from the Antarcticas. You know, no one's invited me to the Antarcticas yet, either one, the north or the south. So, um, but yeah, I've managed to hop over to Australia and to the States and to South America and over to Asia. And yeah, so lots and lots of places over the last 10 years.
0: Incredible. And indeed, an extra thank you to you, because I believe you're off to New York, is it?
1: Ah, uh, yes, I'm teaching this weekend, 22nd, 23rd, the Big Apple, but I do have to get an 8.25 flight from Heathrow in the morning, so, um, so yeah. Yeah, we'll make sure we finish
0: on nine o'clock on the dot.
1: Um, and then I won't be able to sleep anyway, will I? The pressure will be on, so yeah. yeah. Don't tell me you get pressure
0: after a decade of...
1: Oh, not to teach the course, just to go to sleep. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the course is no worry, I've talked that enough times about sleeping, it's fine.
0: Excellent. For people who are listening and who don't know you, they don't know Core Kinetic and they don't know what the course is about. I know it's tricky with elevator pitches and things like that. But what do you think makes your course fairly unique amongst the other things which
1: look into exercise and movement? Yeah, so I think my course is about movement and exercise, essentially. I'm a big proponent of an active approach to, to, to rehab. Um, that's always been something that I think is really important. I think so much of, so many painful problems are enacted. They're embodied. They involve using our bodies and doing things, um, you know, that even physical things also have a psychological element to them. Um, and I think what I try and do with the course around the act of moving, you know, not just exercise around the act of moving and using our body. Um, I try to bring in lots and lots of different elements that I think are really important to like the whole kind of physio MSK process, you know. So uh, communication is important. How we talk to our patients is important, how we treat them, how we implement things like the BPS model. Um, I'm a big uh, advocate of things like evidence based medicine. So bringing in lots of the latest research, um, understanding, you know, movement, what, what it is and what it isn't. Sometimes we have a very strange view of movement that's very unnatural, very mechanical, um, that doesn't often actually reflect what human beings do. Um, and so the course is really about someone once called it a Trojan horse. So I sneak people in through this exercise thing, but really it involves lots of other aspects. And any job that works with treating patients or treating people involves so many different facets of you know of different elements that 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 involves it's not just you know in the same way massage is not just rubbing people moving people it's not just you know doing an exercise there's loads of other things that go into that but one of the things that's always remained constant is that it's really founded on you know the latest research and the latest evidence and something that i think is really really important for cutting through the swathes of opinion that we have
0: so that must mean i mean there's a couple of words which you've dropped in there which which our listeners will be very familiar with which we'll come to in a second but we're also telling our listeners who are a lot of soft tissue therapists that things have changed in the last 10 years and it's natural to have to have evolved if you're still preaching and doing the same thing as you did word for word as you were doing even five years ago that it probably means you're not staying current with kind of tweaks and subtle changes so if you've been you've been in the business for I think we can safely say two decades now can't we
1: well I mean I think it, I probably only look like I've been doing it for one decade but in reality yes probably two.
0: so you must have seen a lot of stuff change yeah. you must have to have tweaked your slides quite a lot
1: oh well, I tweak my slides like every course anyway, just because there's always new stuff coming out. Um, but, you know, so I think when I first got into the movement world, it was things like functional biomechanics and, mm-hmm. you know, all of these different fancy things. Um, and I, I think over the years, we realized the specificity of our interaction and the specificity of how we work with people. Is probably a lot more important than the specificity of how we use our hands or the specificity of how we teach and exercise. Um, but that goes right back to, you know, the BPS model, which is back in the 50s and 60s, which was telling us that, that sometimes actually science is telling us to be less scientific and more human. Um, and I think sometimes the way that we're taught, you know, isn't always humanistic. It's often quite mechanical and, That's probably easier to teach definitively, isn't it? It's easier to teach, you know, these kind of very, very fixed processes. Um, Whereas in truth, you know, lots of this stuff is not that fixed, unfortunately. Or fortunately, depends how you look at it. Definitely.
0: So we'll have that as an intro. That's great. That's giving listeners an idea of where you're coming from. I think we'll be able to expand on that now. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick one of our other guests, people have attended your course randomly. And I just want you guys to explain You're all going to go. But just what made you how you discovered then? And what made you think? Yeah, I want to do this, this therapeutic movement and exercise course, and then what you got from it. Okay, depending on your profession, it might be different if you're into slightly different things. Because, as always, And I love saying this because it's so important. There's no such thing as the perfect CBD course for everybody. If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, oh, Matt's just pushing a course he thinks everyone should do. No, I can guarantee that. I don't know how many. Let's make up a statistic. 20% of you listeners should not do Ben's course because I know there's going to be reasons that it's not going to be applicable to you. Could be a financial thing. I don't need to part with money if you if you haven't got enough money to put food on the table for your kids. It could be a travel thing. It could be that you're not ready yet. You might need a little bit of reading beforehand. And um, it could be that there's something else which is going to be more useful to you because of your target audience or your skills or whatever it is. So there's no such thing as perfect CPD for everybody. That said, I've got three people here who are going to tell you why they personally found it useful for their career. So should we go for it? Should we go for Imi Tester? How are you? Hi. Tell me about how you found Ben and, and how you found Ben.
3: Um. Anna-Maria told me to do it.
1: <laughs> oh, Anna-Maria Massieri. So Anna's managed to make it into the... Uh, yeah. If she told you to jump off a bridge, would you do it?
3: <laughs>
4: I would.
1: Yes.
3: Um, yeah. yeah, I was interested because I, I don't come from a like a, a sports or a, a sports therapy background. Um, so my movement and exercise is an area that I need to develop more. Um, and so that was interesting and it, that it was about... Main, it was a lot about um back pain on it so it, which was interesting so sorry um, just to jump
0: side about it but what is your background then you've done did you do classical massage or did you go straight to yeah massage, so I, I,
3: i'm a massage therapist or yeah. like soft tissue therapist now um and level level five whatever that means but um yeah my my background was was beauty therapy that's originally so i've not come in through a sporting background so that movement side of it was definitely an area in my business that needed to be um I needed a lot more knowledge and confidence and that was your certification
0: and they didn't cover that as part of the course no it was more hands-on stuff and
3: that's fine I mean the level five did a little bit but Mm. but you know I'm not I'm not confident in that area I would say I wasn't confident um well never confident the more you learn the less you know don't you but um so that was why I chose the course Mm -hmm. um yeah and Gen- genuinely one of the best CPD courses I've done honestly it definitely che-
2: checks in the post <laughs>
3: maybe later
1: yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no genuinely and it gave me so much confidence because a lot of some of the things so there was a lot of background knowledge a lot of evidence so that was great mm-hmm. it was very funny and engaging which is always Important. good you don't want to sit yeah. there for two days like trying not to fall asleep but there was, there was there's a lot of practical elements and it gave me confidence. I learned a lot, but also some things I kind of been intuitively maybe doing that I wasn't sure was right, was OK. It was it was that it was, that was sort of what I was doing was OK. So there were some things I was kind of already doing and, and I learned that that was OK. And it didn't have to be fancy or complicated. It just had to engage with the person and get them moving Um, so that was really reassuring and really boosted my confidence Um, and um, yeah a lot of the information wise you know what to be aware of as in you know my scope of practice my bar for referral is really low so what to be aware of red flag wise but also how to reassure your client that it, you know, it might be, I think one of the key phrases that I remember was it might be seriously painful, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily serious or wor- worrisome. Um, so that's sort a of reassurance that you can give your client. And I genuinely use stuff off this course every single week. Um, I write in my notes. I just write Ben Cormack stuff.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> just like Ben's stuff. <laughs> and well, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the best story I had was I had um, a client who he was a regular previous regular client. He then had a discet— dis- I can never pronounce that—discectomy, get- and had been told by his surgeon he would never forward flex ever again in his life. And yeah, so I don't know how he's going to go to the loo. Um, and he came because he was really sad. He put on loads of weight. He he was pretty down, and I pretty much followed what I learned on the course to a tee and he's back in the gym he's lifting he's doing everything he wants to do so you know I was really I I double checked everything (laughs) but I started off with that the the ball rolling and with the great big medicine balls, just chatting distracting him seeing what he could do doing fun stuff um and yeah it, it was amazing he was so happy and that was like my one big you know a big success story but I used stuff off it all the time, yeah, brilliant. So,
0: very practical. Excellent. Okay, so as a business, and we mustn't forget that obviously we're not doing this just for, or most of us are not just doing it for love, we're doing it for money as well. Especially this year, as we know it's going to be mm. a bit tougher for everybody. You felt that it's added business, you know, business to your business yeah. as well. Yeah, you're able to look after clients more and get rid of it, results. And...
3: Definitely, it's given me confidence of what I can do, when when to refer, and what to say when I do need to refer, what I can do how to interact with clients better um and do work with them in a way that doesn't necessarily overcomplicate things or make it scary or like oh too I mean, a lot of my clients aren't in the gym they're not sports people um so it was really nice on the course to learn just ways of move getting people moving that they could do at home really easily that didn't involve going to a gym that wasn't sort of scary and and you know for for my clients the gym is not where they want to be so it, I could really bring that for, for them um and and do simple movements that they go oh yeah I can do that that's not a problem rather than movements that might alienate them so yes. it, yeah absolutely been huge benefit. OK,
0: so, I mean, you've raised some amazing points there. I'm sure hopefully that will resonate with some of the listeners who have got the same background as you. Ben, you're listening to that. Is that kind of that must be nice for you to hear. But does it resonate in terms of that's what you're trying to give people who come to you in Emmy's position?
1: Well, um, I think the point there is that you you people have so many different types of clients, you know, from people who are gym people to not gym people. Or, you know, there are more people than that. Those two binary options. Yeah. Um <laughs> But, you know, I always say the great skill of a good clinician or the good skill of a great clinician uh, is to be flexible and adaptable. Um, and I think what I want to help people to understand is there's so many different ways to work with people. Um, and sometimes it doesn't have to be fancy or technical or, or whatever. Sometimes it just boils down to building people's confidence again. Um, you know, people get worried, they get scared, they get told. Silly stuff by, you know, surgeons and doctors. It's not actually accurate. You know, things like you'll never forward flex again, um, you know, which is would just isn't in any type of guidelines or advice that I see like, a, you know, a national level. Um, so I think sometimes it's just giving people the confidence to be able to work with a wide variety of populations and just not overcomplicate it. You just don't. It doesn't need to be. This wasn't you. You know, you talk to me about 20 years in practice. And one thing I've learned over the last 20 years is what I learned 20 years ago was horribly overcomplicated. You know, intra disk pressure and, you know, various other, you know, technical shenanigans. And actually, none of it has turned out to be very accurate or very, very beneficial. But what has remained uh, constant is getting people moving and getting them confident to do so often has profound results. Excellent.
0: Yeah. So, so far, the theme has been um, not overcomplicating things. Fun, I think, was a word that you said a few times. And that's so important as well. I love the way you started off saying that they're enjoyable because you've heard that before on the podcast with various people is. Our clients need to have fun. Fun is playing something which comes so naturally with the way we learn, to develop as kids. So, and Ben is fun. Let's face it; it's a he's a lovely presenter. You know, for most people, you will find him very charming and, and funny. Um, unless our next two guests say something to the contrary, but I think he's funny. Right. Let's move on. Thanks, to me for that. Really cool. Um, Theo, tell us about your background and how you found Ben and how you found Ben.
2: Yeah. So. Um... I'm a soft tissue therapist. I'm training one at the moment. I'm very, very nearly done. Um, it's also through Anna Maria Mazzieri's school. So, again, she gets mentioned. I'm sure she will be again later. Um, um, so, I'm very, very close to finishing with that. And. Um, this, sorry, what level are you talking about? Is it? It's, uh, it's the BTEC level five diploma. Okay. Um, so, I'm doing that uh, through Devon. But I finished all my classes um, and I, I took Ben's course in, I think it was the, December session down in exeter we did it and um i for me i'm i'm coming from that manual therapy training um, school i'm looking to actually train as a physio and kind of move into the i guess more of the exercise-based rehab and uh, in that sort of injury setting Um, even though i think as a soft tissue therapist it would be great for me i know that my future think physio is what i want to do so i wanted to kind of get some more skills around therapeutic movement and kind of exercise-based rehab exercises those kind of things um and and obviously as well learn a bit more about back pain which seems to just debilitate so many people you know you meet once it like one in four people seem to end up having it at some point um so i found yeah i found that to be like a good stepping stone to build up my my knowledge and, and get me ready for of physiotherapy direction
0: fantastic okay so you you decided to to, um go into physiotherapy um so is that because you like the idea of working in a hospital with different departments and being able to work with a wider group of people and become an allied health professional is that something
2: Uh, it's partly that it's um i have a canadian girlfriend who i I can't actually do soft tissue therapy in Canada. So um, it's something that I can take with me wherever I go. I know I'll get oh, work. Everyone knows who a, what a physiotherapist does. Um, I think everyone does. And, Mind um, you, in
0: Canada, in Canada, massage is covered by insurance. Massage, yes.
2: people. Yes, but you have to do a two-year degree. Um, oh, really. to do it. yeah. um, so it's just something I've kind of figured for me, With my kind of background is in um, research. And I, I really like the, application of the science and that the role that you can play there doing that as a physio beautiful so what is there a particularly
0: an aspect of ben's course that you remember which you thought this is going to be useful and it has proved to be useful
2: yeah i'd say it's, it's more like the framework that i learned from it of how to work with people and that that again it comes down to the the person you're working with the individual and um ben obviously taught us through some clients will need more education. Some might need to be, you know, like you were saying earlier, Amy, about have some confidence built up within them around movement. Um, And some might just literally just need some exercises that they can do. You know, they're going to go and do that in their spare time. So I think it's about being person-centred, really. Um, And then also about how to discuss the nature of back pain and, you know, complex pain with people a bit. Um, reassure them that a lot of the time it's episodic things like that um yeah i'd say that that kind of overall that clinical framework i found really useful
0: fantastic ben you're sitting there nodding away you can relate to that
1: yeah well i, I think that if you are going to treat your condition that you do have to understand though that condition i mean i think that you know there, there is an, a, a level of understanding epidemiology, understanding diagnostic criteria, understanding prognosis, understanding prognostic factors. You know, these things are important because they form part of how you work with people, how you educate people, how you treat people. You know, people want to know why has it been called? What, you know, what, what, what has caused it? How long is it going to take? What can I do to get it better? You know, and sometimes how much is it going to cost me? Um, and we need to be able to discuss that. You know, I need to be able to discuss what are some of the things that are involved uh, with lower back pain? What are some of the things that are not involved with lower back pain, even more powerfully? You know, what are some of the things that people, you know, people believe that they've got slip discs. Slip discs are exceptionally rare. Um, About one to 3% of um, symptomatic back pain right at this moment in time is from a herniated disc you know but people believe that these things are far more prevalent than they really are and that is debilitating for people that is what is disabling for them is that they get this misinformation they get these diagnostic criteria and labels that aren't actually accurate for their problem you know we know that sciatica manifests itself below the knee um most people don't have pain below the knee so it's probably not sciatica it's probably not ridiculous. Um, And basic information like that, I think, is so powerful for working with patients. But it means you have to be up to date. You have to understand the condition you're working with. You know, again, we talk about it being episodic. We know that most back pain lasts between two to six weeks. Some people think they're going to have it forever. You know, back pain is is a problem of, 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 of reoccurrence, episodes reoccurring. It's not the same as a frozen shoulder in terms of its timeline or its natural history. It's not the same as a plantar fasciitis. Um, So therefore, you do have to understand that in order to effectively inform and help your patients make sense of the problem that they have. And people want to know about their problem. And if you don't know about the problem, you can't help them know about the problem. Definitely makes sense. Fantastic. Fantastic.
0: OK, um, I don't leave Sarah there um, without sharing her story, because then once we've got all three your perspectives, we can get into the nitty gritty of the course. So Sarah, what's your background and, and what made you turn to Ben's course?
4: So I'm another soft tissue therapist, so I did the Level 5 BTEC course with Anna Maria again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a, I'm a little bit, I'm one of those people that did originally like pre-covid did all the CBD courses like anything i put my hands on i would do um and then after covid or being a bit more careful with money i started getting a little bit more picky with what i wanted to do and i think i'd heard ben possibly on um therapy live something like that um i'd missed out on his previous course with the school um so as soon as i saw it pop up i was like i need i need to go to that it's it's one of the ones i need to do because we all, it's, just, it's such a common thing, lower back pain, that we all need to be really solid with our knowledge on it, I think. And, you know, how to approach people. Um so that's kind of why I chose it. Um, and I would say for the course, it was a really high value course. It's one of those courses that you just take a lot away from. There's a lot of content. Like Amy said, there's not a chance to get bored but there's a lot to take in as well um i mean i'm sort of having a little pre-read of my notes as you know a few things that i was like okay i need to remember that as well so really really good value is it's just about being able to give confidence back to your clients that their back pain you know if it's the non-specific lower back pain um that it's episodic we can almost predict it um ben talks about how we can rehab at the bottom of the pain curve so rather than waiting until they're really bad. You approach them when they're at the bottom of that curve when they're actually feeling better, that's the best time that you can get rehabbed. Um, so I've used that a few times with a few people and I had really good results. And again, like like Amy said, you know, it's having those people in that have had the disc herniations or disc bulge or whatever they want to call it, um, and just giving them a bit of confidence back with movement and just um, not being so rigid with movement or exercise prescription, it's um, allowing. Self-organization. There's one thing that I use a lot is movement snacks, like all the time. <laughs> i say that to everybody. Um, you know, we don't have to give reps and sets if that's not how people are going to work because your average person probably isn't going to be massively comfortable in the gym, doesn't want to go to a gym, and you need to find ways to work around at home. And I think that that's what I like about it is that's that's the way it's approached. You had all the information, you had all the science behind it, but then we were allowed a little bit of freedom with. Um, you know how we can approach these these clients so that, that's what I took away from it really.
0: Magnificent. I'm sitting here thinking obviously you guys all did Ben's course you all linked because it was hosted by Anna Maria in Exeter at the soft tissue um, school the ST school. Um, so I'm conscious that you guys all went on to Ben's course with a, a pretty excellent probably one of the best level fives in the country. Um, in the sense that it's already evidence-informed. Anne-Marie has done an awful lot of work to make sure that the course she delivers is evidence-informed. And that means it's it's considerably different to the general level fives, which are out there offered by probably 90% of other establishments. So I'm interested whether, how do you think the course would have been received by somebody who wasn't as clued up already on things like biopsychosocial because on most courses out there level five level five means you're going to do even more incredible things with your hand this one we call this by this acronym you know they're not going to be aware of it so do you think it would have been a bit of a shock for people who still went there thinking breakdown knots or would it have still been accessible and kind of it,
4: it would and I, I know a few of those courses unfortunately there's one locally to me but i won't name drop but hmm. they're very mechanistic in their approach it's very biomechanical and um, I think things are slowly changing. It's going to take a long time. I think we had that change that started in COVID. So, you know, we actually got a positive out of that because people started realising that um, there's something more to what we do, um, but also um, what we thought was happening isn't happening. So I think it's still a little bit of a shock. I think people need to keep on top of their CPD a bit better and take a bit of responsibility around it. Mm. rather than switching off to it so you know the things around therapeutic alliance is massively important but who would have thought you know if you would told me that three years ago probably wouldn't have been high up on my list but now it's very high on my list so I, I think it's yeah it's, it's, a, it's a steep learning curve for a lot of people
0: so Ben for you as a person delivering the course do you find there's can be some variety in what page people are on when they come and see you or all, are they are all they're kind of already on the right page and you're not going to shock them too much
1: well, no, look, I think a lot of people, there is a selection bias, you know, I, I think that, that people know who I am. Um, you know, I've delivered lots of CPD over the years, lots of podcasts, you know, big things like therapy lives. And, you know, just I've, I've been around a bit. Um, so are you always going to get people who know what they're going to get, you know, and they've come because that's what they're going to get. And there'll be other people that come because it sounds a bit interesting, or I've kind of heard of that guy or, Maybe they've seen a paper that I've written or read a blog or, you know, I, I don't know. Or they're coming with a friend or I'm coming to their clinic or something like that. So so there are always people that do have some different ideas and different backgrounds and different biases. Um, and you know what? That's brilliant. Because what would be the point of having a load of people in a room all preaching off the same hymn sheet to some degree? Because at the end of the day, we are a rich tapestry of people, aren't we? A veritable smorgasbord. Um, there you go. And I, I think that's really important because it gives us an opportunity to discuss these different ideas. We do a lot of discussion in the course. Um, and, and so therefore we get to, you know, I was in, I was in Denmark um, in last October. And I remember one side of the room were McKenzie physios. And the other side of the room were these ardent like pain science type of, you know, physios. And we had these great discussions because we're coming from my perspective is what is the evidence? What is the data? What is the science? And then we had two other people, maybe with slightly different philosophical stance, you know, McKenzie, you know, mechanical diagnosis and therapy and then pain science. Nothing matters. It's all about pain. Um, and, and And we had some wonderful discussions. And what it shows us is there's lots of ways to get to the end result. Um, you people come with lots of different presentations. There are lots of different perspectives and anyone who doesn't entertain that or doesn't accept that or doesn't, uh, even bring that to the forefront. I think it's doing a bit of a disservice. And we're going back in time to the, the days where it was all about do my, do my system or my method. And for me, actually, it's recognizing there are lots of ideas. Lots of them have value, lots of value. Uh, but sometimes there are similarities that are quite similar, even though they're quite different at the same time. And for me, it's about talking about those, highlighting those and and then also saying, well, what do we actually know? And maybe what is actually dogma? Uh, and I think that's really important. I think that's a much better learning process than just saying, well, this is what I do and this is what you need to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, we mentioned sort of pain science quite a few times. How how important do you think it is, Ben, to go through pain science? How much do therapists need to be up to date with our at the moment current kind of theories on pain, and also how much of that needs to be taught to the client or patient in front of us? Because I imagine they might be a bit different.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I went down a huge pain science rabbit hole in the 2010s, like a lot of people did, you know. Um, and you get into your ion channels and your microphages and your cytokines. And, you know, and actually, I, I, I really enjoyed talking about that stuff. It kind of, you know, stroked my, my fragile ego a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's important that we know that pain is more complex than just bad mechanics or pain is more complex than just pathology. I think that's really, really important. Um, is it physiological? Absolutely. Is it biological? Absolutely. So I think we need to appreciate that it's, you know, it is complex and it involves multiple systems. It involves the brain and the spinal cord and what happens peripherally, the immune system, the stress system, all of these different things. Um, How deep do we need to go? And I talk about diagnosis in this sense, this this concept of granularity. So granularity really means how big or how small do I need to go into this? Uh, and so diagnosis, red flags, you know, this is important, you know, uh, specific back pain, you know, things like a- a- axial spondyloarthritis, radicular pain, radiculopathy. These things are important. When we get into is it a muscle? Is it a ligament? Is it a tendon? These things are less important. Right. We don't need to become that granular often. That's what the research tells us. So if we look at pain, is it important to know hurt doesn't equal harm? Absolutely, because it explains why a paper cut hurts like hell, but you don't die. um Are there other things that we need to understand about pain? You know, absolutely, there are multiple things influencing it. It's not just a relation, a simple relationship between tissue and pain. Do I need to take? My, do I need to know? And do I need to take my patients on a journey into the immune system? Do they need to know about the role of interleukin six versus interleukin seventeen? Um, probably not I probably don't need to become that granular um, and I, so I think for me that's uh, again this is what we focus on there's kind of what do we need to know what's nice to know um, and so there's lots of things that are nice to know and I can look super smart talking about them but my patients probably don't care and my my students probably don't care and actually the time would be much better spent doing um, something else, so fundamentally, I think there are key things that we need to understand about pain. Do we need to understand in depth neurophysiology, immune system, hpa axis you know I, we could go there, uh, I can do it if I need to, but I probably uh, think there 's value in other things as well, like understanding who is this person uh, and there 's a great quote uh, from a woman called Joanna Bork, and she said, We have given pain.." the agency rather than the person in pain the agency and i think that's really key sometimes we talk about pain we don't talk about this person's pain and i think that's a problem um because you know pain becomes this thing this entity that's more important than the person who's experiencing it um and i think that's probably the wrong way around to look at it
0: that's very nice i haven't heard that before I need to I need to put you in my favorite followers list obviously because I haven't seen that I like that we talk about pain rather than this person's pain that's very deep that's good great stuff Amy and Sarah and Theo you've I mean a part of Ben's course is an understanding of pain and did you guys I'm interested whether you guys have ever felt the dangers of misinterpreting or or, or where a bit of pain education you thought would help your client and it didn't I mean I'm thinking of this classic idea of you don't want to say pain is all is 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 the brain because it's like that's saying pain's in the head and they're just gonna hear oh you're thinking it's I'm imagining this am I and that's just like a terrible road to go down. But have you, have any of you experienced in your kind of clinical journeys where you thought oh how am I gonna say this or oh, I shouldn't have said that or this has all gone wrong with regards to helping your clients understand pain?
3: I definitely went through a phase of banging on about it a bit too much to my client. <laughs> and not, there you
1: go. That's a they're nice. Not
3: really ahead. that interested. Some of them are, but later, you know. To start with, they're just like a because, like soft tissue therapists, we, predominantly people have come to see us because we do do massage, and, and and in that initial initial treatment, certainly, or that initial appointment, they're just miserable. They they just want to be listened to, validated. Bit of um, you know, a bit of your your, your Greg Layman calming. Can I say shit? Well, I've said it. Calming shit oh, yeah. down. Oh uh, my
1: god! And,
3: and 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 to start with that that is pretty much it. And, and then we get into sort of like it, it's that sort of it's it's a it's a bit like it's sort of letting them know without banging on about it. It just sort of Dropping it, dropping things in there, or or asking them questions that get them to go. Oh, actually, no, that's like so. It's more getting getting them to to come up with the ideas themselves. But I absolutely went through a phase of banging on about it. Oh my god, I feel so sorry for my clients. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Hundred percent. You can,
4: you, you, can you can see them glaze over, glazing
3: over, nodding politely, looking at. <laughs> looking at the clock yeah so yeah I've, I've done it yeah but i I'm, it, it's an ongoing process isn't it you're constantly tweaking what you do what you say is as new information comes on but also learning uh, spending a lot of time which I'm rubbish I'm so bad at in my personal life listening to people but at work I really <laughs> suck it in my ADHD and, and and I really try and do it at work soon as i get home no but but yeah like really trying to just like just sit and listen that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and rather than just vomiting what i've learned on the last course at them but it's it's hard because you you've got that you know, they call it the writing reflex yeah, that's what,
0: yeah yes last tell week, them
3: yeah. all the all the fancy stuff you, you've learned and especially if you you know not particularly confident sort of a person yeah so but yeah it's an it's an ongoing battle
0: brilliant sarah that resonated with you did it if you feel oh yeah 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 yeah,
3: i think i think um
4: yeah we've all sort of learned the pain science stuff and uh you kind of just want to tell everyone what you've learned and you want you, you know look how smart i am and you just I've over explained it so many times, and I, I, it's possible I've lost a couple of clients due to it, but less lesson learned. I don't do that now. I've got to simplify it. And it's like Amy said, it's about validating their pain because it's their pain, it's not anybody else's pain. Um, but it's also trying to take the focus away from the pain as well. Um, you know, that they're capable of so much, even though they are experiencing pain. So, yeah, I just try not to overdo it now because it's a bit like verbal diarrhea sometimes.
0: I'm just wondering because it's so, it's beautiful listening to you guys and the journey you've been on, but I know there's so many, the majority of soft tissue therapists out there haven't even got near that stage of talking about pain too much. And I wonder whether they need to go through that stage to then be able to kind of pull back and think, okay, I know this stuff it's changed my practice, but i haven't got to tell anyone about it um, because so many people haven't, so many people are still kind of giving out well look the advice the guy had of don't bend over at the waist you're never going to flex again in your life i don't know whether he drove to you obviously he must have walked to you i hope he's not too tall but if that's being put out there by consultants and gps and not all of them but then how do we stop it from um yeah i don't know ben i mean we are in a bit of a bubble aren't we the, i mean there's often talk where the pendulum has swung too far and now like there's a lot there's like attacks against the original people who came out with pain education saying they've gone over the top but in general do you think there's still a lot of education that are we is the pendulum swung too far or as an industry Healthcare is it still kind of still stuck in cartesian kind of medical models and stuff
1: well i, I i've never had a patient come in to me and go oh Oh, my God. You know, all these psychosocial factors. Oh, they're killing me. Right. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So I I think that on a really basic level, um, you know, I I think that, you know, sometimes people say, you know, I know when I'm stressed, my back feels bad and and these type of things. Um, But I would say the majority of people and we see this in qualitative research as well. People talking about their hips and their backs. 99% of times it will be from a biomedical or a biomechanical perspective. Uh, There's a great uh, Jenny Setchel paper from 2017 about beliefs. Um, She talks about, they talk about people pick it up from imaging, people pick it up from healthcare professionals, friends and family. Overridingly, the information people get about their injuries and their problems is biomedical and it's biomechanical. Um, uh, There was a paper by Paul Hodges, actually, uh, uh, just last year, I think, that talked about uh, mechanical, biological, biomechanical factors were the most common. Then I think it was psychological factors were five times less and then social factors were about 10 times less. Um, So, you know, the world is a biomedical place. Biomedicine makes money. It is the predominant hegemony. Um, And so I do not think the pendulum has swung too far. But I think people do like to, you know, be critical thinkers and point out that it has sometimes. But in reality, you know, I don't get many patients coming to me saying, oh, my God, you know, this uh, this pain, self-efficacy is uh, just destroying my life. Uh, you know, we don't have that. Right?
0: No, not yet. I can't imagine that ever happening. No. So yeah. How's your pain journey been? Have you kind of evolved and feel that you've gone too far the other way and then had to come back or what's it been like for you?
2: I think I took this this course at a really good time because it was just as I was finishing my course with Anna Maria and so this took was that next step into the clinical world and it was just before I started really building my client base um not to say that you know I don't make mistakes or you know now and then that's that's not the point but um yeah it's 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 really it's helped with having that clinical conversation about a client's pain like letting them tell their story um and then when i can you know when when they're telling their story about how the pain occurred looking at what they've done in the build-up to it and breaking it down and explaining then a little bit about the multifactorial nature of pain I've I've, you know i've really tried to embrace that so making sure you know people are sleeping well and and that they've you know what they've eaten that day might have led to (laughs) all sorts of factors so i think try not to go off on a tangent but yeah the multifactorial nature of pain has definitely been a key thing i've learned from it which i'm trying to get across to clients so they can like listen to their body a bit more and know why something might have happened why it might flare up why it's not there at that current time you know
0: excellent And that's something the language you use or the way you listen is something which was addressed in ben's course was it
2: yeah 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 it was yeah we did we did a lot of case studies as well um i found that really useful because it's basically coming to us with different clients different types of clients and figuring out what they need um you know so that's again going back to that person-centered approach fantastic
0: Ben. how do you i mean how is your course divided up i mean what i think it says on the website i can't remember now but it's divided in terms of case studies and practicals how do you kind of divide it up and and
1: Yeah, I think I do about 40 percent lecture, which is just me, you know, telling bad jokes and a a little some research. Um, I like to do probably about 30 percent discussion. I think discussion is important um, because I think it's, you know, uh, you know, integrating how to use research or questioning it or, you know, what's the relevance of it or, or, you know, just these kind of topics and topics always have a whole bunch of different facets, don't they? You know, no topic is facetless. Um, So it's good to kind of think about that. We do some practical stuff, get people up and moving, do some different movement ideas, probably about 20%, 25%. And then, as Theo nicely brought up, we do some uh, educational case study stuff where we do some uh, practical discussion. Uh, the, the group... Uh, it, Uh, pair discussion not group discussion sorry whereby we actually work on discussing back pain um we do some case studies around exercise and then we do some kind of basic diagnostic case studies as well so i know that even though you know some people won't be in that role and doing that i think it's also good to be able to recognize different features of problems You know, it doesn't mean you have to go out there and go, oh, my God, you've got axial spondyloarthritis. Um, But if someone that has been missed for the last 10 years, someone saying, well, it sounds a little inflammatory to me. Go and get that checked out. Probably is really, really helpful. Um, So we try and do case study across a number of different areas. But day one tends to be like communication, uh, looking at the research around movement and exercise some psychological stuff. Um, You know, exercise science. And then uh, day two more specifically is understanding back pain better, Um, because, as I said, if you're going to treat a problem, you really um, you really need to know what that problem is and and how it manifests itself and these type of things. Um, So I like to think there's a a fair amount of variety in there uh, and, you know, we can chop it up a little bit so people don't just get bored of me waffling on. Fantastic. I think you're showing on this podcast wonderfully that people can't
0: get bored of you. You've got a lovely way of presenting, and I've always felt that for the decade more, the 12, 13 years I've known you, and that's so important. I think on CPD, and that's again why I say you can't guarantee that one CPD is going to suit everyone, because some people might not like your way of delivery. Some people might want something a bit kind of black and whiter and without comedy or without fun, which is fine. You know, so it's it's looking around. See, so I think it's such an important part of CPD
1: as well, who delivers it very important yeah look so just just one point Matt I think one thing that I always bring up on my course is that you know when many many moons ago back in the 90s um, you had to do Mulligan or McKenzie or Maitland or all these other things and you had to kind of nail your flag to a post and say I'm this type of therapist and now I think you can go and listen to people like me and Adam and Greg and And whoever else is delivering CPD. And you know what? Go away and make up your own mind. Take the best bits. Take the bits that resonate with you. You know, um, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think rather than learning a system up to level 591, you know, learn different things from different people. It's going to give you a much more rounded perspective
0: that's a lovely idea that's a great way of categorizing modern cbd yeah go and take away what you want what resonates with you that's very nice as opposed to old school gary benson founder of the sta has joined us he's driving home i think he said i've enjoyed listening whilst driving home some great discussion i had a few conversations with ben before he was famous and the sta was embryonic i was doing quite a long time ago so yeah (laughs) now that would have been not when i was
1: embryonic though (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, um yeah, they were the days, weren't they? So yeah, Gary, um, thanks for joining us. Um Nikki Mansfield has uh joined in here with a comment. I'll read it out for the list of people listening. Um Ben, for me, actually just wait it comes up again. For me, the challenge is finding ways to explain the non-mechanical element of a client's pain to them without them
1: immediately taking it as dismissive. Can your course help with that? Well, yeah, I think that comes from how you build relationship with people, doesn't it? I think that at the end of the day, if you listen to people, if you um, give them, you know, uh, good, uh, you know, eye contact and you're able to summarize and you're able to not use your writing reflex and all of these other things. I think when it does come to explaining things, people are much less likely to find it dismissive. So I don't think there are magic words that we can use with communication that resonate with other people. I think it's much more about how we make them feel, um, whether they feel listened to, whether they feel heard, these type of things. And I think when we do that effectively, when it comes to saying, well, look, I've listened. And actually, I think there may be some other things that we could discuss, you know, which is fantastic uh, because it gives us some other options, some other other avenues to go down. Um, So I think it's it's more how we build partnership relationship that's really the key to explanation rather than the explanation itself. Great answer. Good
0: question, Nikki. Thanks for that. Right, I'm conscious eight fifty five. So people who are listening to the podcast and obviously people in the live lounge, if you are, are interested, thanks for showing Amy and Sarah and uh, Theo. If you're interested in doing this course, um you're gonna have to wait a little while because Ben's first got to go to New York City, Holland, Canada, and Norway. But then, he will be in London on September the twenty third and the twenty fourth. Um, if people do want to sign up for the course, or find more information, I guess they go to your website. That be the best place. Core Kinetic.
2: Yes, kinetic.
0: Kinetic. 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 I always say Kinetic. Always I, know know no, I know you know. do. I know. I you do. Core Python. Ten years, man. <laughs> um, I'm going to work out why I've always said Kinetic. I don't know why. kinematics i'll say kinematics and not kinematics not kinematics exactly see see the sta podcast the source of cpd even for the host there you go so um core hyphen kinetic.co.uk um and the good thing is uh, like i say, across social media it is just core kinetic at core kinetic whether you want to follow then on twitter or instagram and wherever you want to go so yeah um that's the date um but like we said at the beginning, it looks like Anna
1: Maria from the ST school might be sorting something out for November. Did you say, Ben, maybe? Uh, I think it's going to be because I'm going, I'm in New Zealand in November. So I think it will be the beginning of December
0: okay so there'll be a- i don't know what
1: state i'll be in after <laughs> 10 days in in new zealand but we'll see we'll see how it works
0: excellent but obviously as always with with pretty much all our guests there's a whole load of cpd out there in the form of either podcasts in the form of their website and also um i mean we're gonna have to have you and adam back to spend a whole show on this but of course we haven't mentioned it yet we've got the better clinician project
1: oh you! What a, what a great yeah. name
0: what a great name what says what's on the tin Absolutely. so in a nutshell what's that about better clinician project
1: well what it really is is it's kind of a netflixy type of thing for the physio msk uh, world um you know um i don't know if you've heard of that adam meekins fellow um i only heard of him a little while ago and, and then we decided to do like a business together but really what, what we wanted to create was low cost easy accessible easily digestible um, cPD you can get online on your phone on your ipad um all of these different things and so you can go to sign up it's twelve pounds a month we've got loads and loads of different topics loads of um different content you know from back pain to shoulder this month actually is axial spondyloarthritis um which is a uh which is a good one um last month was medial elbow pain I think the month before that was uh something to do with shoulders I switched off and just let Adam do it um it so so yeah we try and cover lots of stuff and do it in a easily accessible cheap fun and I think I I I think a pretty uh, pretty solid way as well
0: brilliant let me just bring it up for the people who are watching the video I'll uh, bring it up onto the screen so it's more visible so yeah you just go to the better clinician isn't it yeah and then it's it.com? of course it is. You too, of course it's .com. Um, and um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a
1: monthly subscription, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, £12 a month. I think it's ridiculous value, actually. It right. becomes better value every month.
0: Three lattes, ridiculous. It's less than a latte a week. Incredible. A frappe, yes, a mocha choco frappuccino. <laughs> fantastic, yes. Yeah, so that's something if you can't wait to get involved in um, some Ben and also some Adam mixed in as well, which is a fantastic combination, I must admit. Then, um, then yeah, look out for the Better Clinician project. When I was, this is going to, you're going to like this. <laughs> I was trying to think whether to read this out on the um, podcast or not, but I was looking at our Twitter conversations, Ben. Uh, back, I went back to September the seventeenth, two thousand and thirteen. Wow. Yeah, and oh. it was uh, it was twelve p.m. and I got yeah. a little message from you here saying um, we're, talk, you we're talking about where you were going. November in Sunderland. See, so, so we can see how his kind of his net has widened a little bit. So oh, then I'm okay. in Sunderland. is very proud of that as well. February, I'm in London. Um, I had Adam at a lecture the other day. Um, not convinced it was his thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've
1: got I mean, it on here. I'm so, still, I'm still not convinced it's hasn't changed years no, later. Fu- no, definitely not. He's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, no, I he, remember he, down, he, was, he was like, miser- oh, this was down in Canary Wolf, I think. And he sat there. He was miserable for like two hours oh. and then he, <laughs> so, yeah, there
0: you go. That's a good combination. I really uh, recommend that you guys check out better Um, Wonderful combination of two educators, two huge educators come together, producing something very good. Right. I don't want to keep you because I know you need your beauty sleep. Um, So thank you for joining us, people in the live lounge. Thank you so much, Theo and Imi and Sarah as well for giving up thank your you time free and sharing the Get information in the post. There's there no payment for this, obviously. Um, the only the only co- the only thing which brought them together was the fact they all got educated at the ST school. So they were already on a pretty cool page to then move into Ben's course. Um, but yeah, um, thank you for sharing. Um, next week, talking of good courses in the ST school. Oh, next week, there's, there's a fantastic course coming to the ST school in May with a guy called Matt Phillips doing his gait analysis um, for runners a modern approach. So that's going to be in May. And next week, we're going to have him on. And uh, Gary Benson is going to be talking to him about his course. Um, so that'll be next week. So if you're into looking after runners and getting our an assist, then do join us next week. While I'll be on the other side of the seat. I'm going to sign out now. If you guys can just hang around here for another minute so I can say thank you once you've signed off. People in the live lounge, thank you so much for joining us um Nikki mansfield just the final comments has said i'm very interested in hosting some of ben's courses in cambridgeshire in 2024 can i contact you for ben's contact details matt yeah of course i'll just give it to you straight away i'll give you his his private tinder address and everything no worries i shall
1: (laughs) i shall give it to you without even i think think the cool kids use like bumble and stuff now don't they he's moved on matt oh i'm sorry i'm just showing my age again same as kinetic yeah exactly
2: Um,
0: Tracy Taylor has said, um, I guess last week, love the Better Clinician Project. I have learned so much from this. There we go. Um, who else we got? I was just flocking in now with comments. I want to know more about your course, Matt. Email you. Yeah, anytime. Hit me up. That's fine. You do that, Penny. Um, and make sure you come in next week. Um, where I'll be revealing all. Uh, Nikki Mansfield it was great to get students perfect per, perspective thanks all so yeah thanks to the people who came in again and Gary Benson says thanks everyone right we're signing out if you are listening to the podcast do me a favour of just leaving a rating and a review if you liked it if you didn't like it then fine just don't come back but if you did like it five stars would be great it just helps the good word of our guests appear higher up in google which is what this is all about sports therapy association podcast just disseminating the information we're just a conduit for good word and the more you can support us then the, the better it gets out there and we can change the world so thank you very much um, and if you do want to join us live then all you got to do is go along to the sports therapy association youtube channel eight o'clock on a tuesday and we will be here for you look after each other take care you're listening to the sports therapy association podcast putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy.